From Rectangle Health, this is the Modern Practice Podcast, a show that provides you with fresh perspectives and practical advice from industry experts in the ever-changing world of healthcare technology. Every episode, we tackle a timely topic to help you stay current and simplify the business side of healthcare. Without further ado... Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Modern Practice Podcast. I'm very excited to be joined by Michelle Dowling, Executive Vice President of Marketing here at Rectangle Health. We're going to be talking about two very important elements of a successful workplace today. But before we get into it, Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time. Hi, Gary. It's great to be back. We're tackling a big and important topic, and I hope to shed some light on the subject given some of the recent work we've done, some of the things we've learned that work and some of the things that haven't. Always a pleasure and always fun, Michelle. So those two elements we're talking about today are really important to a strong, successful and safe workplace. They are empathy and compassion. And a lot of times, I think it seems as though they're being used interchangeably, but they have two very different meanings. And when put into action, do two very separate things. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Of course. So when we refer to corporate culture, empathy and compassion are often used interchangeably. And even if you Google compassion in the workplace, you'll see results that come up about empathy more often than not. But I do believe they're fundamentally different and both extremely important, as you said, but again, very different. So I'm going to walk through a couple of specific examples, then come back around to the meanings and how they operate in action. And when When we as Rectangle Health were thinking about how to articulate our corporate culture, I found that there were some traits that seemed very relevant, and empathy was a big one for sure. And it certainly feels that the world needs more empathy, but it doesn't mean that it's it's necessarily an inherent corporate value um, that is tangible, that, that makes sense for an organization. Um, it's a perspective. It's it's the way we perceive a person to feel in a certain way, or the way you physically feel the emotions of another person. So this is this is different than a, I think a core value. It starts with gaining information and how a person feels in a particular situation, and then you need to put information to action. It's complex because it's dependent upon how in touch a person, an individual is with their own emotions. So in the workplace, there are so many teams and projects and processes, decisions that need to be made. This power of empathy takes precedence because we need to understand what the emotions are that are happening in a specific environment and what are what is the best interests of our employees and clients. So it's the ability really to experience and relate to the thoughts of others. And it's one way to step into another person's shoes, to be aware of their feelings and really understand their needs. And when we're talking about it um, as a core value, we realized it was less like a trait and more like a skill that just like a muscle needs to be developed over time with practice. And the workplace is ideal way to practice the skill, but it's also, you know, a high value that it's done well and done right. So an empathetic workplace tends to have so many benefits, stronger work collaboration, less stress, greater morale, employees recover quicker, quickly or more quickly from challenges, but it's all built on the basis of trust and understanding and great teams need both. And there are core values, trust, excellence, mindfulness, accountability that I believe really becomes the core values that we were 
working toward. Um, when we thought a little bit more about compassion, again, really important, but it differs in that it's more like a mirror. It's more that it shows people how you connect to them and care about them. It's a very positive emotion. It, it spreads harmony. And in the workplace, it gives us this balance between kindness and understanding, but also holding people accountable. And compassion, in my opinion, is subjective, right? It's it's really being in tune with what matters most to the individual and paying attention. Um, so when you express compassion to a colleague, when they're at pain or undergoing some stress, you listen without judgment. And when we do this, this compassionate acts impacts the one who's caring and being cared for. So when we were thinking about our core values, underpinnings to all of it was compassion and empathy. Um, and I also think that it's really more of a barometer of a company's true heart health. And it's interwoven into these values, but I, I feel like they're more skill-based and something that we need to teach and practice in real time. Yeah, and knowing that it, it is possible to have empathy, but sort of stop short of compassion, right? That moment where you start to think, what can I do to help? Right. How do you encourage more compassion in the workplace, especially facing you know workforce shortages, juggling a million tasks and trying to get everything done in a day? The stress levels and fatigue are sky high. That's right. And everyone is under this busy umbrella. And, you know, we've talked to several teammates and we're talking, people are now at nine to 10 meetings a day. Phones are ringing off the hooks at the practices. You're constantly being distracted. This certainly does not bode well to demonstrate patience, peace, compassion, or empathy. So I think what we try to do is rewind and start with the outcome right? Compassion creates connections. It creates positive internal and interpersonal relationships. So if you think about your manager and your teammate that you work with every day, if you fundamentally believe that they care about you and have compassion towards you, you're going to be a productive, positive, engaged employee. But we've all had managers and coworkers that weren't the case. I mean, I'm sure you can think about and feel that right now when there was that friction and how hopeless and defeated you feel when you're going into an environment that is not compassionate and has there is no empathy. Um, so spending a long time in a place like that, in that environment where we don't receive or get the chance to express compassion, it takes a toll on our mental health and well-being. Um, so when we look at research, we know that where there are compassion, where there is compassion, there are highly functioning teams, there's more loyalty. There's more commitment to the work. And that even touches clients and patients and enhances their satisfaction. People can feel that. That energy is transferable. And compassion from leaders and coworkers definitely employs a feeling of gratitude, influences people to reciprocate in the same way when they notice someone struggling with adversities and then there's someone who comes alongside them. Um, and in being in the healthcare industry, there's no greater industry more important to illustrate the importance of compassion and empathy and being treated with kindness that, that creates that emotional um, attachment for employees that really do their best work and for take the well-being of their patients top of mind. And I, I love what you said there about building up the team and that feeling of gratitude and, and the influence that 
it has it really permeates through a team through an organization but sustainability is, is is tough you can rally the troops get everyone behind it then in a snap of a finger it's sort of already fading or faded completely how do you keep that momentum in building this strong empathetic and compassionate space at work Right. And there's a million things that go on day to day that can change an environment in a heartbeat. So I really do believe it goes back to the ripple effect. I believe that that one small act of kindness can have a significant effect and cause one person to feel more upbeat in their day, more likely to pass along a kind act to yet another person without even realizing it. I think there's there's a transference that happens when it when that when we're witnessing something like that, it's slowing down when we need to, when it's important. It's that little voice, listening to that little voice that tells you something else is at work here and you need to pay attention, asking questions, learning perspectives of others, removing obstacles from one another. Um, you know, I think that's really where it begins and anything can happen during the day, but it's it's when someone just kind of stops and, and tries to go down a different path, even though there are so many things at work. And I think as leaders, compassionate leaders really define that. And they're someone who people want to follow and who inspire others and create that optimistic vision for the office, the practice, the organization, because they make people feel valued and appreciated. It sets that positive tone. I think that it's sometimes we got to dig deep <laughs> for that compassion, um, but it, it starts to become just another muscle that we we learn to use. And there's a, there's a saying that says like, no act of kindness, no matter how small is ever wasted. There's no limit to being kind. There's no, there's not enough of it that we can do. And I think it's such a positive, powerful emotion that that ripple effect, if we just think about how that might change someone's day. It's just, it's the, there's so much power in that. And we can't discount the how a, a simple act of kindness can change things. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I love what you said about it starting from leadership and coming down that one act could change a person's day, no matter how bad it is or how right. flustered they are, how busy they are. So all great points. And thanks for sharing that. Before we wrap up, I do have one final question that leans on your experience as a leader here at Rectangle Health and in past positions. So personally, if you were standing in front of leaders in different organizations, different areas of expertise, doesn't have to be healthcare, it could be executives and managers, all different levels. What's the starting point for being that catalyst of change and developing this type of culture? It's a great question. And I will go out on a limb to tell you, I think what it really takes is courage. I think that as a leader, we know these things fundamentally, but we're always chasing something that is performance, that is tangible numbers, or we're trying to get things done. Um, we're so performance-based that I think we have to be courageous to stop and say that these are the things that matter. So what I would say if I was standing in front of a room, and I would try not to be nervous and say this out loud, but would, I would say, be generous. Be generous in how you interpret situations. And there will always be variances between your peers, yourself, your direct reports, your staff. 
And even, even so, one of those most important things that you can do is to be generous with your time, attention. And if you do get a curt email or someone doesn't say something that sits well with you, you can't always assume that there's negative vibes towards you. It's that not to be so offense, offended. And I know it's cliche to say you can't imagine what's going on in another person's shoes, but I think we always have to remind ourselves that if we're generous and we come to the table with that compassion and empathetic um, point of view, we won't get so overwhelmed by other people's needs and their suffering. And we can't think that way of, oh, well, there's nothing I can do and that's their problem and not mine. But I think that it, that shift of being generous becomes I'm capable and I'm surrounded by people who are capable and I can, I can help them get to a good place. I can, I can free up bottlenecks. I can make it a better communication um, between us. And you can focus on the dynamic and the circumstances rather than maybe someone's external appearance and get to the underlying issue without placing blame. The next thing I would say is that it is really up to us to lead by example and become accountable. Leaders need to lead. Showing compassion requires us to have compassion for ourselves as well. So if we're not compassionate towards ourselves, we can never be compassionate towards another. So that means we have to show up and be vulnerable. It means that in order to be the catalyst of change, we have to develop this culture of empathy and compassion and con like consciously lean into that deliberately. And it means to be present, not focused on the 9,000 things that we have to do, but sit with the person who's in front of us. That means putting down the phone, being less... <laughs> being less available to social media or to, to even just people who need us as well. And it's also being insatiably curious. This is probably one of the biggest things that I've learned as a leader in the last six to nine months is the more questions I ask, the better results I get because I get to the heart and the root of the matter. Um, there's a compassion workplace model that says there are five aspects of compassion. And one of them is to become aware of the needs of others, to be non-judgmental of the, their viewpoints, to be resilient and tolerant toward personal distress, to be able to feel and show empathy at all levels of their, your professional life. But it's also to be accountable and responsible for the good and bad outcomes of a team. And how you get there, I think all of these are the really true come down to asking good questions. And when you ask good questions, you're physically present, you're mentally present, and you're emotionally available to the person in front of you. That's great advice, Michelle. And I think we can all take a step back, whether you're in a leadership position or not, wherever you may fall. Um, you know, it's developing those habits of being that generous that that generous person that hears hears out that that coworker or colleague that may be suffering in one way or another silently vocally whatever it may be so developing those habits is definitely a, a great starting point and I love that and if I can say personally as someone who's experienced both sides of that workplace spectrum where compassion and empathy exists and 
in the past where it didn't, it really truly matters, especially yeah. when you log off for the day. It makes a, a change in your personal life and just helps be healthier uh, in your mental and physical state. So I want to thank you for the culture you've built here. And again, it really makes a difference and matters. Thank you, Gary. It means everything to me for you to say that because I think one thing that I am always guided by is creating a safe place for people to express themselves to and to do their best work, especially at the office. Um, it's not always easy, and there are obviously times where that doesn't happen, but my guiding star, my North Star is always to create a safe environment for people to talk to me and to talk to one another. So empathy and compassion encompasses every single aspect of, right, of our self-development, to your point, who we are at work, who we show up as at home, personally, professionally, and it makes all the difference for those people that we interact with at the office and those people that we love and care about. So when we present empathetically and compassionately, we can reach people's hearts, spread some joy, and resonate positively with one another. Thank you so much again, Michelle. It's always fun and always a learning experience when I get to talk to you. For our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to the Modern Practice Podcast and leave your thoughts and feedback on this episode and be on the lookout for more from the Rectangle Health series coming soon. Till next time, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Modern Practice Podcast. If you enjoyed today's conversation, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or SoundCloud for new episodes. And follow Rectangle Health on social media for more helpful information, news, and event details. Thanks for tuning in.